Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Money Flirt Podcast. The Money Flirt was born from the idea that we all deserve to have a lighthearted, flirty, and fun relationship with money. My personal journey with money was anything but flirty up until fairly recently. A few years ago, I started to investigate the ways that I was programmed since childhood to think and behave around money. I've since done a ton of work on this area of my life in the form of coaching, spirituality, embodiment practices, nervous system regulation, and a lot more. Yes, I've done a lot, but in the past year, I've skyrocketed my money healing by doing one very simple yet powerful action on a regular basis. I openly talk about money. Shame cannot exist when light is cast upon it, and this has truly been my secret sauce for up-leveling my money habits and feelings around wealth. So I'm here to create a space for people to talk with me about their money story. I'm here to champion the brave souls who acknowledge their shame and to cheer on their success as well. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what you did, you have a money story. Time for the obligatory, let's get into the episode. Amigas, I am back again with another incredible episode diving deep into money, money shame, and overcoming limiting beliefs around money. The Money Flirt is almost five months old. I can't believe it. I feel as though I've already iterated so much of what the Money Flirt is becoming. And the more I post and share, the more in my groove I feel with it all. One thing that hasn't changed over the past five months is my intention to do one thing and do it well which is share my money story. I share for multiple reasons. I share it because the more I hear myself talk about my own shame, the more I release it from my body. And the more I share, the more I know that it inspires others to share as well. It's a beautiful and important goal, all this sharing. In today's episode, my guest Lara and I talk a lot about money and money blocks that get stuck inside the body. She is going to lead us through a beautiful practice to release some of these money blocks from within the body that we may have been pushing down. And I'm so excited for you to try out the practice. For me, the experience, and I say this probably eight times in the episode, it was profound. Also in the episode, I talk about a moment in my healing journey where I would meet with a financial coach and I would cry uncontrollably when we talked about anything related to me and my money story. Recently, I created a post about this overwhelming experience that I want to share here in this episode. I believe that it nicely sums up the importance of exploring the nervous system before you begin your study of financial literacy. So the post read, Money anxiety has left a lifetime in the body. Therefore, the body is the key to healing money trauma. And the caption reads, I hella bypassed this step and suffered the consequences. I tried to skip somatic healing and go straight to optimizing my 401k. During my sessions with my financial advisor, I cried uncontrollably. My throat felt so tight as I tried to articulate why I was crying. The truth was, I didn't understand on an intellectual level why I was so upset. I had thousands of dollars in my bank account, but I still felt overwhelmed by talk of money. Through my studies with the Trauma of Money program, I now understand that I had bypassed a crucial step in the money healing process. I needed to first explore how my nervous system was responding to my money trauma. Our culture teaches us that the answers to our difficulty with money lies in our financial illiteracy. So we're pushed to become financially literate by reading finance books and learning how the stock market works. 
But when we skip to this step before exploring the deeper root of money anxiety, we're running on a broken leg. Maybe we've bandaged the leg with a cast, but under the gauze is still a broken bone that needs time to heal. My relationship with money vastly improved when I decided to focus on how money anxiety lived in my body rather than seeking out the best financial planner. Now that the bones are healing, I'm so much better prepared to effectively take in information about financial literacy. After I wrote that post, I thought about this term body literacy, right? We talk about financial literacy and either wherever we fall on the spectrum of you know, being fluent in it or not. But what about body literacy? Do we, are we taught how to understand what's going on in our body and assign meaning to it or even just explore it? So do you ever feel your chest or throat tighten when you have to deal with things in your financial life? Have you ever felt a pit in your stomach when you hear people talking about how much they've saved for retirement? Do you avoid eye contact when the topics of debt or student loans come up? Because I know I've experienced all of these somatic responses, and I know that I'm not alone. What's so great about this episode is that Laura teaches a way that we can actively begin having conversations with energy in the body around these money blocks. Laura is an energy healer and an inner voice facilitator. She specializes in removing emotional and energetic blocks that may be preventing her clients from living the beautiful life they dream about and deserve. She acts as a bridge connecting each back to the divine wisdom that lives within them, the knowledge of their soul, their personal truth. She's spent countless hours studying how the universe and the mind work, especially together. After many conversations with her own inner voice, she believes every answer we're looking for is within us and provides each client with a clear and direct connection to this limitless and powerful source. You can find Lara on Instagram at mindingmyfreak. It's spelled with a Q. I'll have it linked in the show notes. You gotta give her a follow. She's hilarious and a really bright light. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with Lara. See you at the end. Thank you, Lara, so much for being here. Um, I'm really excited to get to talk to you about money and just you are so, you're so funny and light and I've learned a lot about energy healing from you. And so, yeah, just to get started, I'd love to um, hear a little bit about who you are and what you do for our audience to have some context. Yeah, of course. Well, I am so happy and truly so honored to be here with you, Steph. Um, Like I was telling you before, your energy just totally lights me up with everything you do. You just have such a good, warm energy about you. And I love seeing your name pop up on my Instagram all the time. And back when we were in our um, coaching business together, you know, it's just, it was, it's just incredible. It's really, it's really a joy to be around. But I am um, Lara Carney, as you said. I am a um, energy healer and an inner voice facilitator. So, I'm basically um, trained and certified in the Sui method of natural healing. I am a level one magical awakening healing practitioner, which is just another um, energy healing modality which I found to be quite powerful. Um, And I'm also an inner voice facilitator. So that's basically just um, an inner voice coach that helps someone 
connect a little um, more deeply to their intuition and can have actual conversations with their inner voice when they're feeling um, like they need a little guidance on on something. So that's pretty much that's pretty much my work. That's what I do. I work with the um, energy that the divine energy that's in all things. So when I'm doing my energy healing, I'm not taking energy from my own being. If I were to do that, that would really, really drain me. You know, I as a single person don't don't hold enough energy in my body to be able to serve the amount of people that I'm serving. So this allows me to work with that energy that's all around me, that's in all things. You know, you break a particle down to its smallest piece. It's like 99 point something crazy, you know, percent empty space. And that all that empty space is just energy. So literally energy is all around us. And it enables me to work with that so that I can work with others. That's so cool. I love um, – it's it's true. It's like w- when we really stop and think about it, which, you know, sometimes we enter this – the realm of healing through our minds and then through our minds we have, you know, kind of an experience with, with energy and like I always think of that really good um, example of like, you know, the energy of, of a room. We already know what that's like. That's a great place to kind of like hang your hat if you don't um, if you've not gotten into energy work, but I'd like to know as well, how did you get interested in this kind of work? So it's funny. I've always been a very, um, practical and logical person. Um, it's been hardwired to me. I always look for the, like, how, like, how does it happen? How does it work? Um, I love quantum physics for that reason. You know, I really, really like to see the proof behind things. And so, you know, if you asked me five years ago, if I'd be an energy healer, I'd look at you like you are absolutely not so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was no way I was going to um, be an energy healer. But here I am. It pretty much, you know, it's funny. It's a cliche. It found me before I found it. It was something that I was um, taking part in this like free webinar. And it was back when I was just kind of starting to get into um, taking coaching courses and investing in courses and investing in myself and my learning. And so I was, you know, doing the trial runs with the with the free webinars. And it was this random webinar that I was on. And there was this person who was doing um, an energy healing. And um, it was just 30 minutes. And that 30 minutes totally changed my life. I woke up from the healing and I was just like, wow, I was just speechless. I had goosebumps. And I just, I didn't even give my mind a chance to think about it. I just was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm like, he offered a space where he has um, an area where he'll certify people. You know, he's a Reiki master. So um, I was certified through him. His name's um, Brett Bevel. And, um, it was just, it was just incredible. It was so, and I just knew, I knew right then that that was it, that was going to be it. So from there, I've just gone deeper and deeper and deeper with it and done more and more research because, you know, that logical side of myself hasn't gone anywhere. You know, I still, I still love to know how it works and, um, really just how, how it plays a part in our lives and how I can use it to help others and help myself and really just, help to make that mark in the world that I really, I really hope to. Oh, so good. Um, So I'm going to start with my first question, which I ask all my guests. And I think it's really important to give space for this question because it's something that we all have, and that's a relationship with money during childhood. So 
any memories about money that stand out to you? When I when I prompt that question, what was it like? What was money like for you growing up? You know, what are some things that come up for you? Yeah, I um when I was growing up, I grew up with two parents who worked very, very, very hard. Um, my mom was going to school to be a teacher while also um, serving on the side. My dad was almost never home because he was always, always, always at work trying to make money. Um, my brother was just born. I was about three at the time. And um, we were about to lose our house pretty much, you know, so I was about to lose everything. And my parents were working so, so, so hard just to get money. So I, you know, was seeing this life where in order to get money, you had to work your butt off and pretty much miss, you know, all these really beautiful, important moments in your life. You know, my brother was just born. I was just growing up and my parents weren't able to really be there and be present for that. And B, even if you're working really hard, even if you're just barely getting by, you could still lose it all, you know, at any minute. It could all just be taken away from you, you know, the rug, you know, swept right out underneath your feet. And um, I remember that was definitely hard. That was hard for me. And those beliefs stuck with me for a really long time growing up. And there are definitely things where every once in a while I'll still, you know, catch little thoughts or I'll catch little actions that I'll be taking. And I'm like, oh, I, I know what this is from. And I can, you know, trace it back, trace it back to that. But I believe, too, that it you know, it stems from more than just, you know, this life, if you want to go like into the woo a little bit with it, you know, past lives too. my grandmother, um, she lost a lot, you know, in her life, even going beyond money, she um, lost her both her parents in a pretty tragic accident, she lost her sister, totally suddenly from a brain aneurysm, she lost her three first three babies, newborns, um, because of a very rare disease. So she lost everything. Yeah, she lost she lost a lot of stuff. So I think that really transitioned over to that belief of like, you know, everything can be taken away from you at any minute. Um, So that that just like stuck so deeply in me and having to heal that and having to really mostly become aware of that. You know, that's the first step, just like knowing like, okay, this is it. You know, this is where, you know, this feels so true for me. This feels so strong. This is where I need to start you know, that that's pretty much where I've been, where I've been going. That's been a big part of my healing journey over the last few years. Yeah. I think that's something that is coming more and more to light in the general consciousness is this generational money trauma. Um, Cause we've, you know, we kind of know about generational trauma, um, but like how money trauma kind of seeps into everything because it is life. Like it is part of our life force you know, it, it keeps things going. And so I think there's a lot to look at there. Um, were there any memories that you can think of that, you know, like I, I've, I journal a lot on this and I do a lot of subconscious work, but I'm curious to know what are some distinct memories you have of money as a child? So as a kid, I was almost um, scared of money mostly because I was seeing that it was um, causing my parents so much, you know, pain and difficulty and frustration. And so I was scared of it. You know, I didn't want something that was going to cause me, you know, that pain and that, you know, what looked like suffering to me as a kid. Um, So I think I was really avoiding it a lot as a child. And, you know, that's, pretty easy to do as a kid, you know, because you're being totally supported by your parents. And 
I kind of just put it out of my mind. I was like, you know, what? I don't have to worry about money because, you know, I'm a kid <laughs> and it's not something I want. So, you know, that too, you know, has just carried, carried with me and um, has been something that I've had to work on. Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. As you became an adult, where did you start to notice some of these, um, like your programming around money show up for you? So I guess the biggest, the biggest one was when I was literally first on my own, (laughs) you know, I'm tossed out into the world. I'm no longer that little kid that can totally rely on her parents. And now like as much as I didn't like money and as much as I didn't want to have anything to do with money, I had to because, you know, it's what I needed to do to you know survive <laughs> basically. And, um, you know, that was hard to, to have to feel like I had to, you know, work for something. I had to go after something that I really didn't want to, that I, you know, had that big fear around. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the, that was when I was like, okay, there's, there's some stuff here with money that, that I need to work on. And that was before I even got into my, you know, healing journey and my more spiritual journey. Um, you know, that even then I was pretty aware, like, okay, this isn't how everyone functions with money. You know, why, why are other people having, you know, success with money? Why are other people, you know, almost so chill with money when I, you know, all my nervous system alarms are screaming at me and going off because, you know, I'm just thinking of the word money, you know what I mean? So that was the biggest, that was the first red flag. (laughs) Gosh, that's so interesting too, because I've, I thought about that word being chill with money or being confident with money. And because we tend to, um, you know, we treat money as taboo in our culture that we, don't when we don't talk about it, we don't actually know what other people are thinking, and so we project onto mm-hmm. them that they must be doing better than me because they're not. Look at them; they're just paying. Like I, it's so funny. I look back and I'm like, oh, they're just grabbing their debit card to pay for dinner. Like so cool, and they probably thought the same thing about me. But I was like freaking out, doing the math, waiting for my um, phone to ding to tell me that I've, you know been below 50 bucks or something. That was a, that was one of those, um, what is that? The dog and the bell and the saliva thing. It was like my phone dinging telling me I have less than 50 bucks. Like I would just wait for it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's like, you know, especially in, in like young adulthood when you're still figuring it out, it's like, okay, everyone else seems so chill. So like, I'd love to know like kind of how you navigated your relationship from, with money, from that point on? The biggest thing that I noticed was um, the biggest shift for me was when I stopped relating my story to other people's, when I stopped looking at other people and saying like, oh, they have it so much better. They have it so much easier. Why, 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 why? Um, Just looking at myself and saying, okay, I have this money story. It's not the money story I desire to have. I want to change it. How can I begin to change that? So being able to just look at what my truth was at the moment and how I wanted my truth to look without comparing myself to other people, you know, like, yeah, maybe I wanted, you know, that big, huge mansion that that big celebrity had, you know, but deep down when I started to really dig into those beliefs and started focusing on my money story, I started noticing I didn't actually desire those things. You know, I desired them for egotistic reasons. You know, I just wanted to look fancier. I wanted to be in the article that the celebrity was in, you know, something like that. 
Um, so I was able to really pinpoint and think about, okay, what will make me feel good? Like, what do I want to spend my money on? You know, I think there's actually a lot of energetics that go into money. Um, when you're able to spend money on things that make you feel good, that light you up, you know, that is what money likes to see, you know, that will bring more money to you because that is when you're going to start getting a lot more, you know, chilled out and relaxed instead of feeling like you have to spend money on things. Um, you know, let's say you buy coffee every single day and it just makes you feel so good to just have this coffee, you know, but it's like six bucks a day and it really adds up to, you know, a big number by the end of the month and then the end of the year. And everyone's telling you, oh my God, why are you <laughs> buying a coffee a day? This is so much money. What are you thinking? You're crazy. Um, but it just makes you feel so good. And if you stop buying that coffee every day, you know, you just wouldn't feel as good. You know, it takes you out of that pleasure place that you were in before. You know, and then, you know, let's say you have a gym membership and it's something that everyone's telling you you need to have a gym membership so that you stay healthy, but it's not something you actually enjoy. You don't enjoy going to the gym. Maybe you like doing yoga from home or just going on walks, but you pay for this monthly membership, you know, every month because it's something you feel like you have to do, you know, and that's just where that, um, that resistance is going to come in with money and the money's going to, you know, the ener money's energy, everything's energy. The energy of money is going to feel that resistance and it's going to block that flow to you, you know? So it's so important. I found for me to really focus on what feels good for me to spend my money on and what money story um, would feel good for me to live, you know, outside of what other people's looks like. I would love to know too, what does your new money story look like now that you've done this work? My money story looks like living my truth, you know, however, however that needs to look. I've never been someone who's big on the details. So I don't have like this elaborate plan for that mansion or, you know, I want this, you know, definite set number of money, you know, by this time. I really enjoy um, seeing what feels good to me. So like say, you know, 50,000 felt good. I would go for the 50,000, say 100,000 felt good at the time, I would go for 100,000. Um, I What I like to do is I move out of my comfort zone. So I make sure I don't choose um, anything that feels a little too easy or a little too comfortable. But I also don't push myself to something that feels like way out, you know, a stretch. Like if I tried setting a billion dollar goal, you know, in the next three weeks that's left in the year, my nervous system, I can feel it already. It's like, Oh my God, like, what are you thinking? You know? So it's like, it's something where I want to be able to like, you know, climb that ladder, you know, where I'm able to regulate my nervous system as I go and really get comfortable with each new step that I take. So I really just am following my truth as I go with it. You know, if that coffee feels good to me that day, I buy that coffee. If it doesn't, you know, I don't. And I, that doesn't mean I'm bypassing, you know, the practical side of it. You know, there's still, you know, the budgeting that comes into it. There's still watching, you know, if, if I were to buy that coffee, but I only have $4 in my account and it's $6, yeah, maybe buying the coffee normally would feel good. But if I bought the coffee that day, I'd be like, oh my God, like I just, $2 blow my account, which, you know, is fine, but <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't feel good about it, you know, because I knew like. I didn't have it that day, or maybe I just didn't want it that day or whatever. So really just listening to listening to what feels good for me. I want to talk about something you just brought up, which I think is really important, which is that um, the nervous system piece and the example you used was, you know, there's three weeks left of the year. I need to make a billion dollars, right? Or even like, let's just say I, you know, I, I want to make 
a thousand or ten thousand dollars in three weeks, right? So whatever that number mm-hmm. is, let's talk a second about like why that why do you think that happens when we have that kind of that stretch goal and what's going on in the body? Our nervous system is regulated to where we're at right now. You know what I mean? And it's like it's slowly mm-hmm. regulating as we go. And if we were to have, you know, a big jump without being prepared for it, you know, that's not to say you can't do like, you know, a quantum leap and get all of a sudden this big amount of money. But it's like, you know, everyone says with lottery winners, they get this huge amount of cash all of a sudden. And, you know, this huge percentage of them end up going bankrupt and end up worse off than they were before because they weren't able to hold all of that money. You know, their nervous system is freaking out. They start spending it and all these different things. They're trying to just get rid of it, you know, as fast as possible. And um, I think we, as we slowly work with our nervous system, as we, you know, give it the love, give it the compassion, do the work with it um, and get it, you know, regulated to certain levels, you know, work with it in small ways so that it doesn't feel overwhelming because not only can that big number of money feel overwhelming, but also that feeling like, oh, now I need to hold that big number. Like, oh my God, now I have to do all this work this money's here and I don't know what to do with it. You know, that can be overwhelming in itself as well. So um, I've just found for myself, you know, especially it helps when I can um, almost like take care of my nervous system, like a little child, you know, when you're, you're introducing it to food, you know, you give it the soft food first. You're like, okay, this Mm. is like carrots, you know what I mean? And then you just kind of slowly just baby it and love on it and let it know that it's okay every step that it takes and like think about those big numbers and when it starts freaking out feel into that and be like it's okay like it's not right now like we'll get there you know we'll get there and you'll be totally safe you'll be totally okay and I really like just talking you know talking to my nervous system as if it is that little child and it's just very it's been very comforting for me that's so beautiful and well said because you know, like you said, it's treating it as a child is really helpful because we don't expect children to, you know, jump on a bike and start riding it. You know, there's always like training wheels or somebody holding you and there's, we give them grace for that time, but we rarely as adults give ourselves that kind of grace. It's like, and I, I wrote a post on this recently that a lot of people really resonated with. Um, I finally figured out how to look at the insights of what's going on with my posts. And I'm like, oh shit, 14 people saved this post about my the nervous system. And I'm like, wow, there's something there. And I really thought about it because it was really speaking to me um, when I started learning about money, trauma, and the nervous system. Because for me, I had a really profound dysregulation with money in my nervous system. I went from making very little money to making six figures in the span of six months. And just that that same thing, the lottery winners thing happened with me. Like I was definitely spending a lot more, but I knew I wanted to get better with money. So I hired a financial coach and I was like, that's it. I'm going to be good at money now because I hired her for a year and we're done. It's going to be good. I was like crying uncontrollably for our first like four sessions uncontrollably. And I couldn't even tell her why I was crying. And now with like a lot of education around all of this, I understand what was happening in my body was like, I didn't do the soft foods. I didn't hold, I didn't have the training wheels. I was just like, jump off this cliff and my my body freaked out like as if i was actually jumping off a fucking cliff right so i like (laughs) 
I'm very glad for that experience because now that I reflect on it, it's a really good example of, you know, why we really have to take care of the of our body as we're healing any money trauma and as we're up leveling, right? Because it's like you can't mm-hmm. just I mean, you can go from zero to a billion, but like mentally, are you going to be ready for that? So I think that's great. I think this is a great time to transition a little bit to talk to the exercise or the practice you're going to to share with us. But before we do that, I'd like to, um, something else came up as you were talking, which was, um, I wonder, was your money healing journey, did it coincide with your, um, your energy healing work and that kind of cultivating your relationship with the inner voice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so funny because I think everything's connected, you know, everything goes into play. You know, you think about this person and all of a sudden you get an email from them when you haven't heard from them in a long time. Um, you take this course and then all of a sudden this book that you bought a year ago has the name of someone they referenced to that you thought about, you know? So I think it all really kind of comes together as, as you need it. But um, finding energy healing was really, really big for me because while I was doing a lot of the practical work, you know, the mindset work, um, finding those beliefs, looking at, you know, the past situations, energy healing really gave me another way to, um, heal my money story and heal those beliefs that I wanted to get rid of. Um, you know, I think our beliefs, basically our nervous system is very deeply connected to our brain and our subconscious mind. Um, And they basically are wired and you create these thoughts and beliefs through patterns. Um, You know, things happening repetitively in your life that you have an emotion that will repeatedly come up. And slowly your brain will literally rewire so that it can fire the neurons faster. Um, It's literally to help you Um, get into this pattern easier, even if it may not totally serve us, you know, triggers. Um, But basically, the root of it all (laughs) is your emotions. It is, um, it is your feelings, you know, that emotion has thousands and thousands and thousands of words and beliefs and just thoughts attached to it. So if you're able to um, get to that emotion and honor it and feel it and let it go from wherever it may be, you know, stuck in the body from you constantly pushing it down and ignoring it over and over again as it keeps coming up. um, If you can let that go in a healthy way, you're also able to um, let go of a lot of those beliefs and those thoughts and those words that you had attached it to because that's all just meaning that you connected to this emotion, that you connected to this feeling. Um, And that's really where beanbags come in, you know, where um, beanbags are just basically emotional blocks. You know, I was certified through Jess Lively. She calls them beanbags because um, when she first found this practice, she was like deep in a meditative state and she was letting go. She was being guided to let go of this beanbag by her inner voice, which is just your intuition. And she was like, oh, okay, like, I guess I'll do this. And she pictured it as like this beanbag coming out of her belly button, basically. And since then, she's just referred to them as beanbags. But it really is just that emotional energy that can trap itself in your body 
in any way. And again, it's just from that repetitive pushing it down like a ball that you're basically trying to keep underwater, you know, and that ball is just going to keep bouncing up and coming up out of the, the water. And we just keep trying to keep it pushed down under the surface, but it's impossible because it's always trying to come up and it's coming up because it wants to be let go of. It wants to be released. And, um, through letting go of these beanbags, through energy healing and being able to really tap into karmic, you know, karmic issues, karmic beliefs, um, work on my nervous system, send energy to my brain, my subconscious mind to help it rewire, to let go of things that aren't serving me and bring in those that are. It's just a very supportive practice. It's a very supportive way of helping me with the practical, with the mindset. You know, while I'm doing mindset, things will come up. You know, I'm writing out my money beliefs or I'm writing out what, you know, a fear inventory is a cool thing where you write down something you want and then you write down all the reasons why you don't think you can have it or all the things you fear, you know, regarding it. And I will have emotions come up. I will have those triggers come up and I'm able to in that moment say, oh, I feel this. This is a beanbag and I'll send myself a little energy. I'll sit with that beanbag and I'll let it go in a healthy um a healthy and just loving way that's just supporting my body, you know, and that doesn't always mean the beanbag's going to disappear right then and there. It totally depends on how big that beanbag may be, how long I've been pushing it down. Um, you know, all of that really plays into it, but it's, it's something where, you know, if you get rid of 90% of that beanbag, 90% is gone. If you get rid of 40% of that beanbag, 40% is gone. It's still, you're still ahead of where you were, you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, really just, you know, giving myself compassion and all of it and um, being able to work with the two, the practical and the woo side of it has just been, it's been really life changing. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so excited to, to do this practice with you. And I love that image, actually, what you just said of pushing the ball underwater. That's so like, wow, that is exactly what it's like. And there's so many people who, keep the ball down like their entire lives, um, you know, and they just like work to, to keep everything in. And it, do you find that it like, it's going to escape somehow? And so is it more of just like creating a practice around like allowing it to escape, like when you're calling it to, or what's the, what happens if you don't tend to the, <laughs> to the beanbag? Yeah. So the beanbag, it's going to be like an explosion, <laughs> you know, like the ball's <laughs> going to keep trying to come up and keep trying to come up and it's just going to eventually totally torpedo out of the water. You know, you're not going to be able to hold on to it anymore. You're not going to be able to control it. Um, and even if that weren't to happen, holding these emotions in your body is basically blocking your energetic flow. So we have like all these meridians within us and all these ways that energy flows through us. And when we're blocking that energetic flow, it can really um, tamper with how our physical body works, with how our mental body is, you know, our spiritual body, it taps into all of it. Um, and it can cause, you know, physical pains in the body. So if you have like tension in the shoulder and you don't understand why it's always there, that could be a beanbag. You know, it could be multiple beanbags that have just kind of built themselves up there that you just have to release and let go of. And that tension could disappear because it's all just that energy that's kind of just picture it like those beanbags, you know, just built up all on your shoulder. Um, so, yeah, being able to let go of that, that energy allows that, ener that energy that's flowing through your body um, to flow easily to get to all the systems that it needs to. 
um, to work with all the systems that it needs to so that they work in their healthiest, you know, and truest and, you know, highest state. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if you don't focus on these, these spots, you know, it's, I, it's not something where you should be like, oh my God, if I can't get rid of this beanbag, I'm going to die. You know, it's not, it's not anything <laughs> like that. You know, there are plenty of people who don't, who don't focus on their beanbags, but it is, it is something where it can cause those pains. It can cause um, sickness and illness. Um, I've had um, a cold before and I've literally treated it as like a beanbag where instead of attaching meaning to it, instead of attaching a story and thinking, oh, I'm sick because of this or, oh, I have to do this, this and this to try to get better. Just being with it and doing with doing what felt good, you know, for me and listening to my inner voice and kind of breathing into like where I felt, you know, this cold was um, and letting it go really helped me to get better at a much faster, much faster rate than I normally, I normally would. So it's really connected to all these different things. It'll be connected to your beliefs, your thoughts. You can have a beanbag literally connected to a limiting thought, a money story, you know, even. So it's so, so, so beneficial to um, look at these feelings and let go of these emotions and honor them in whatever way is, you know, most aligning for you. Amazing. So would you like to take us through a practice? Yes, I would love to. So I'm basically just going to get everyone connected to their inner voice, get them down out of the mind into the body and see if um, we're going to do a quick body scan and see if there are any beanbags around um, any money stories or money beliefs that are ready to be, you know, let go of, that are ready to be seen and heard and just lovingly released. So I'm going to have everyone close their eyes if you're able to. Obviously, if you're driving, I would recommend coming back to the podcast and doing this practice. Um, but if you're able to, just close your eyes and just start taking some deep breaths just in through the nose and out through the mouth. And just slowly bringing your awareness down into your body wherever you felt your intuition before. You know, that gut feeling, whether that's in your chest, you know, your stomach, your left elbow, right pinky, wherever you felt that intuitive feeling before, just bring your awareness down to that area now. Just start breathing into it. Picturing roots growing out from the bottom of your feet and your tailbone. Deep, deep, deep into the earth, attaching to the core. Just picturing the energy from the core of the earth pulsating back up, energizing your body grounding and just bringing the awareness back if it's floated away to that spot in the body intuitive spot where you can feel your intuition now we're just going to ask our inner voices to please bring up any beanbags that are related to any money stories or beliefs thoughts patterns habits that we're ready to let go of, that we feel like we've grown out of, you know, we've learned the lesson, or we're ready to learn the lesson. And let those beliefs, thoughts, whatever they may be, go. Just having that small conversation with our inner voice, that intention. Now we're gonna do a 
body scan. So just bringing our attention out of the top of our head, just slowly moving down our body, over the forehead, the eyes, nose, chin, down over the shoulders, and the chest and arms, over the back. And as we're scanning down, down, just feeling any area of the body where we feel any tension or tightness. Anything that's sore might feel like little pin prickles. Even if you don't really feel anything, but your awareness just seems to be going to this one spot in the body, pay attention to that. Just feel into wherever this tension or tightness is, or maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe you just feel angry or sad. Just breathing into that now, that spot or feeling. Deep breaths. Now I want you to just look at that spot or feeling and not attach a meaning to it. Let go of the stories, let go of the labels. You don't have to know why the beanbag is there. You don't have to know how it got there. Just look at it, just breathe into it. Maybe it's the size of a basketball on your chest. Maybe it just feels like a pillow laying over your knees. Or maybe it's no, it's those pin prickles in your right shoulder. You know, it can feel different for anyone. Just paying attention to that and breathing into it. And sending it love and compassion. And watching it grow smaller and smaller. Like you're squeezing the orange juice out of an orange. Just watching all that juice come out or a cloud slowly dissipating, getting smaller and smaller. Sometimes I like to picture a piece of paper that I'm just crumpling up slowly into a smaller and smaller piece until it just disappears. However it feels good to see it, wherever your awareness goes with it, trust that. Just keep breathing into it. Remembering that you are safe and the inner voice is bringing this beanbag up for you now because it's ready to be let go of. It's ready to dissipate. It's ready to move out of the body and lovingly release. Knowing the inner voice is helping you with this, helping you let go of it now. Sending you so much love. And quickly asking the inner voice if there's anything we need to know about this beanbag we're feeling now. Just listen, see what comes up. And trust that whatever you received is what you were meant to receive, whether it was an image, a message. Maybe it's just the feeling or maybe it was nothing at all. It is perfect exactly as it is. You are receiving exactly what you need. You are letting go of exactly what is ready to be let go of. Now we're just gonna thank the inner voice. Thank it for guiding us through this release. Trusting that whatever amount of the beanbag that was let go of was the perfect amount. 
And we can always go back to it. And we can always ask our inner voice to guide us back to this beanbag, to bring it back up so that we can let go of whatever may be left of it. Or ask the inner voice to ask up an, or bring up another beanbag and let go of that beanbag. Each beanbag as it's ready. And just bring our awareness to our breath. Wiggling our fingers and toes, listening to the sounds around us in the room. Bringing our awareness back to the body, letting the mind come in again probably has a lot to say <laughs> and you can open your eyes whenever you're ready wow <laughs> wow that was profound um yeah, yeah I um I kind of had a feeling where it was going to be. It's just like a natural point of tension for me right here behind my neck. But I also feel when when I talk about money, I tend to get very choked up. And so I always have some tension, you know, around this area of my body. But it definitely was like focusing on the, the upper upper back right below my neck. And I pictured it like a – you know those little water toys? They look like they look like um, water balloons, but you can squeeze them. They're kind of gross. Oh my looking. gosh! They're yes, like I know. Condoms. I know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like that. Um, you know, and I, I definitely feel like the the significant part was not so much how much I released, but like when you guided to talking to the inner voice about it, because I realized that. Um, a lot of like the the content I create with money flirt, the idea of money flirt is the energetic of flirting is light and fun and easy. And that's on that's intentional because the my past with money felt like a burden. And I realized that the burden I literally carry on my shoulders about money. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. I had this image of like acknowledging the burden and kind of feeling like one of those like weighted jackets. And it was just like the image was just like, oh, and take off the weighted jacket. It's not your burden anymore. And so, yeah, that was such a – because I'm like, wow, that word burden lives on my shoulders, you know, and there's that's the reason I use that word burden. There's a reason for that, and I didn't realize that until now. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Wow, that was really oh, great, awesome. Laura. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was so profound for me. And I'm gonna just do that all the time now. And I I'm so glad you spoke about, you know, this piece about not maybe it doesn't let go all the way. Cause I definitely don't think I had much of a like physical release of it, but mm-hmm. I had like an emotional like like yeah. release of it. And I think that's really like that's profound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I noticed too the energy. It will keep moving throughout the day. Like you'll notice changes. You'll notice shifts. Um, it's really your body kind of getting used to what you just did. So you know, especially drink water. You want to drink lots of water after this because you are moving a lot of energy through your body, and that water helps to really flush it out and to let it go. Um, but it's you know especially helpful for when you're in a situation you know when that trigger does come up when you you can actively feel that beanbag you know um, you're getting angry or you're getting really sad or you're getting really worried 
just feeling into, okay, I'm going to bring my awareness down into, into the body, say, Hey, to the inner voice, what's up? <laughs> Ask it to help out. And just bringing that awareness down to that spot where I feel that emotion and letting it go and doing that practice. You know, you can do it in the moment. You don't have to, you know, be in a quiet spot in your room, you know, and have a set time that you're going to release beanbags. You know, it's best when you're able to let them go as they come up. Um, so it's just really, it's really powerful, a really powerful practice. If you feel comfortable sharing, maybe what are some of the money bean bags that you've kind of worked through or if, you know, like there's places in the body or, or anything you can share about it? Yeah. Yeah. So I notice, like you, um, I hold a lot of stuff specifically in my right shoulder. So Same. I actually have, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, you know, the doing, it's all the doing. And I've been, you know, growing up with those two parents who work really, really hard. I've I lived with that belief for so long that I had to do, 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 do to get money. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there was a lot of tension. There still is some, you know, it's, it's, it was a big, <laughs> there's more than one beanbag. My invoice, my inner voice has told me there's like, there's a pile of beanbags that I've kind of just been slowly working at as they've been ready, ready to come up and, and let go of. But, um, also in my chest, I feel a lot of stuff in my chest too. Um, almost like, a uh, pressure, um, when I really think about, um, mm -hmm money, especially if it's a situation where I'm panicking a little bit, if it's something where the old belief is coming up, I'll feel it in my chest um, as like almost this expanding um, kind of like pressure, um, almost like anxiety, you know, I'll be get, it'll, I'll link it to anxiety where I'll start getting kind of panicky. Um, so I have done a lot of work in my chest. Um, most of the time when I am working on beanbags around money, it is in my chest and my shoulder and sometimes like you mentioned too, my throat, you know, the throat chakras, being able to speak about money, um, not having, holding that shame around, you know, not having money or um, not having the money story that I want to have. Or, you know, when you bring up the comparison too, you know, you don't want to talk about your money if someone, if you think someone else is doing better with their money because of that shame piece. So um, letting go of a lot of beanbags there as well, but it's going to look different for everyone because everyone pushes down their emotions in different ways. Um, it's connected to different um, feelings and different situations, habits, patterns, what have you. Um, so really just, you know, not giving it that label, you know, so I try not to look at it like, oh, I have this beanbag in my right shoulder when it comes to money. So that must mean, you know, this, like I was just saying, my mind will still do it like, oh, it must be the masculine because I'm doing, you know, that's attaching mm -hmm. that meaning. It's attaching that label to it. So when I am in the process of releasing that beanbag, I'll just let it go. You know, if it's in the shoulder, great. If it's in my stomach, great. If it's, you know, in my knee, great. Wherever it is, I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to love it. And I'm just going to honor it and let it go. It's so great. And I think, what I love about um, this work and learning from my guests is there's always some kind of vocabulary that is added to my personal repertoire of figuring out what's going on either emotionally, um, you know, psychologically or, you know, in the body. Like, so now I have this new image and vocabulary of, you know, beanbag, which I think the more like rich, the, the richer our vocabulary is around kind of this abstract shit that like we really can start to to heal it like it really language really matters um for so many reasons not just like how we talk to ourselves but like having something that now we have a shared word for this 
experience in this phenomenon. And I think that's really new to our generation too. Like we're finding more and more that um, we're using, we're, you know, language is ever evolving. And so it's great. So now we can talk beanbags, baby. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. We are at my last question, which I'm really excited to ask. Um, so, Laura, when you think of having a rich life, and this is an idea I got from Ramit Sethi, because he really does a great job with talking about we consciously craft our rich life. And you mentioned this earlier kind of with your money story, but when you are thinking of your rich life in this iteration of your experience on earth what does that mean to you and what does it look like yeah so really going off of what I mentioned earlier it's it's just living my truth you know the best of my ability it's really being aligned to my truest self my highest self and um, a lot of people I know my first question was well how do I do that you know like it's so easy you know you say okay well I'll just be my true self but um, it's really about what feels good to you. And, you know, sometimes things aren't going to feel good all the time. You know, when you're moving outside of your comfort zone and you're kind of, you know, jumping into new things, maybe it won't feel good in the moment. And it does feel a little scary. And, you know, that fear does come in, but you know, once you've done it and, you know, once you're on the other side of it, you're going to feel amazing. You know what I mean? And that's your truth. You know, that's where your truth is. Like, just that overall feeling of like, I know I'm going to feel really good. Like, I know this makes me feel really good. And I know there's a lot of like growth on the other side and the growth makes me feel good, you know, personally. So that's really, that is the rich life. That is the abundant life that I'm, you know, working towards. And, you know, I've luckily already been able to really find myself in compared to five years ago. Um, so yeah, just, aligning with my truth, following my inner voice, you know, continuing to do what feels good for me and let go of what doesn't, no matter, you know, how that looks to other people, no matter, you know, what opinions may come at me, just really staying strong um, and knowing that as long as I'm following, you know, what feels good, then I'll be living my truth. And, you know, that's, that's all I could ask for. That's a rich woman right there. Hell yeah. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So good, Laura. Well, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I appreciate you. I think you're just such a bright light and you're so – you're just destined for greatness. And then it's like you know this too. And that's what's so fucking dope about what you create is like you really believe in what you do. And um, and yeah, and I do too. Thank you, Steph. It's been so much fun. I love, I love chatting with you. I'd love to chat even more. <laughs> We will. You'll have to come back on. I'm already basically telling all the guests they have to come back on like at some point. <laughs> it'll yes, just be too I'm fun. down. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'll be there. Love this girl. I hope you enjoyed doing the exercise. If you were driving and couldn't do it, um, you can always go back and, and skip to that part where she walks us through um, healing those bean bags around money that live within the body. So thank you so much to Laura. I'm such a fan of her work and I'm excited to continue our friendship as we grow in different but beautiful ways. Okay, friends, let's talk about the Money Flirt Patreon. I'm so excited to be offering a space and a community where I can 
share the resources with more um, in more depth with you all about how I've healed parts of my money story. Um, I, as some of you know, I'm an educator. I've been a teacher for a long time and an instructional designer for the past couple of years. And so I really geek out on creating learning experiences. And the best thing that I've learned on this journey is to share from the heart. And so the Patreon is really a space where I'm creating the materials that I wish I would have had earlier on in my money healing journey, because I think that my, my situation was unique, but it was also not unique. And that's what's so great about hearing all these stories. It's like we have so much in common, especially when it comes to um, how money trauma lives in the body and our fears and anxieties around money. So the more we talk about it, that's one piece of the puzzle is just expressing how we feel about money, our emotional intelligence around, um, our, you know, talking about our pain and fears, but also taking action toward improving our relationship, right? So you go to therapy and you talk out different things with your therapist, but more often than not, your therapist is going to give you some homework or some kind of little assignment that really pushes you out of your comfort zone to do things differently. And so my hope with the Patreon is to provide that support, to provide you with exercises, journal prompts, different meditations that you can use outside of just listening to the podcast. So it's really meant to be the interactive component of your learning. Um, so the details are Patreon. I'll have it linked in the show notes. Um, there are two ways you can engage with the content. One is all access member. You will get an exclusive podcast episode each month with corresponding exercises, journal prompts, guided meditations. So it'll all be there for you, the whole library. Um, it's just getting started now. So I've got a really great exercise for nervous system regulation around money, doing different things. Um, I call it healing through novelty. And so I talk about what that means in the podcast, but it is creating and cultivating new experiences for yourself to, in order to um, experience money in a different way, to experience more lightness, more flirtiness around money in small kind of controlled um, ways. Um, so there's an exercise all about that. There's a podcast episode about it. And if you join as an all access plus member, it's, um, it includes a live monthly live call with me and the other members of the Patreon. So when you're ready to join, it is there for you. The all access membership, which comes with the podcast episode and all the exercises is $8 a month. And the all access plus, which comes with the live group um, call is $20 a month. So when you're ready, it's there for you. I will be toiling away, coming up with more creative and fun and engaging ways for us all to heal together in community in a group. So yes, I will have everything linked in the show notes. I thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful and I will see you in the next episode. Bye you guys.